When I go over things twice, you have a test. So, let's be on one accord with this. I may not tell you when you're going to have a test, just look forward to it. Amen? So look forward to having a test. You're supposed to be ready. Amen, amen. Can I get some witnesses? Amen. Amen. God is so good, y'all. I tell you what, he feeds us well, doesn't he? He give us everything that we need, so there should not be any excuse for none of us dealing with the word of God, because we can have everything we need through what? Through this word. So we thank him for the word. Um, we were talking about, um, first of all, dealing with tithes under the New Testament, and we talked about Jesus, um, what he had to say about tithes. And I think the last scripture I gave you that I didn't give you was Luke 6.38, where Jesus was saying, Give, and it shall be what? Given unto you. Good measures pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosoms, and what measurement measure you have given, it shall be what? Given back unto you. So tonight, let me go back over the scriptures um, dealing with support for the ministry. I want to make sure all of us understand what the word of God is saying. Some people feel as if ministers should not be supported when it comes to, comes, uh, to the word of God. When it comes to being behind the pulpit and bringing forth the word of God. There are scriptures in the Bible that support that ministers should be supported. But I believe what's happening in the body of Christ, people have come to believe what they choose to believe outside of what the word of God says. The enemy want to twist the scriptures. The enemy want people to think it's okay for people to sow into other things except sowing into the body of Christ. And we have to understand that we as kingdom people, we're out to give the good news of the kingdom. That's what Christ bought. But the Lord showed me this. Y'all remember that when Jesus was carrying the, the gospel of the kingdom. That's what he brought, the good news. It was the gospel concerning the kingdom. The Holy Spirit began to shine a light on this. Jesus had a treasurer. And I don't think the money fell from heaven that was in the bag. Do you? I don't think he just looked up to heaven and said, Lord, I'm open up this bag. Fill it up for me because I'm doing a work from you. Y'all, if it was that easy. But he didn't do that. He had a treasure, treasurer, and we know it was Judas, right? So my question is, okay, Lord, Jesus had a treasurer, and Judas had to keep up with the money that was coming in the bag because the money was used for whatever was needed, right? So where did Jesus get this money from? He had to get it from people giving into what he was doing or sowing into what he was doing. So we have to understand that Jesus even had a money bag. <laughs> Everywhere he went, he had it, but people poured into what he had. And he used it for kingdom purposes to be used for whatever needed needed for it to be used for. So in Matthew 10, y'all know this is when Jesus sent out the disciples. And as he sent them out, he gave them power. That means that he gave them power uh, to heal, deliver, set the captives free. He was saying, um, you know, go out and heal the sick. Go out and cast out devils. Freely you have um, been given. Freely it shall, freely it has been given to you. And so freely you're going to have to give this to others. So it was no charge 
on what they were giving out. If people were getting healed, they weren't charging them for getting healed. If they were getting delivered, they weren't charging them for, for getting delivered because the gifts that they had, they come from God. The power that they were using, it was God's power that they were using. So it was no charge. But he did tell them this in Matthew 10 verse 7 starts out with, I'm reading an expanded Bible again. When you go, preach, announce, proclaim this. The kingdom of heaven is near at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead to life again. Heal, cleanse those who have skin diseases, the lepers, and force demons out of peace. people, cast out demons. He said, I give you these powers freely, so help other people freely. Freely you have received, freely give. Now verse 9 says, don't carry or acquire any money with you in your belts. Gold or silver or copper. Don't carry a bag, a traveler's bag, or a beggar's purse, or extra clothes, two tonics, or sandals, or a walking stick, staff. Workers should be given what they need, deserve to be supported, deserve their food and substance. So Jesus, this come out the mouth of Jesus. He said, I'm sending you out. And I'm sending you out, first of all, to preach the kingdom. I want them to know that Part of uh, preaching the kingdom is healing in the kingdom. There's deliverance. There's prosperity. All of this comes with the kingdom. He said, but as for you, he said, don't you take no money bag. He said, don't you take extra clothes, extra shoes or, or things of that nature. Because guess what? You should be supported. So Jesus was sending them out dependent upon him, knowing that they were going to receive support from the ones that they were um, going into those houses. When you go into those houses, he said they should take care of you. Why? Because you carry the gospel of the kingdom. You're bringing the kingdom of God to them. And freely, they're giving you all of these things. He said, freely, I have given to you. Freely, you give to them. But I want them to support what you're doing. So in today's society, people feel as if the churches do not need to be supported. But my problem is you got nightclubs being supported. You got people paying a mission at the doors, telling you you got stuff going on in this world that everything you go to, you got um, football games, basketball games. You got all of these things and people are pouring into that. And as soon as a minister say give, they don't condemn that minister because they're thinking, why do we have to give you anything? That's ignorance gone to see. See, when people don't fully understand the word of God, they're going to talk against what they don't want to do. So by them talking against it, they don't want other people to do it. What we should be doing is obeying what the word of God says outside of what people feel or outside of what they perceive. I have learned in ministry that whatever God tells me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Sometimes you get hated because of what God is telling you to do, but it's okay because we rather obey God than who? Than man. Because man has a way of doing things and saying things that's outside of the kingdom. So this is why we have to know these kingdom principles and know what the word is saying. When Jesus was bringing this, Jesus was not saying we're going to leave this out because he hadn't went to be with the father. When Jesus, everything that he did, he was leaving it as an example for us. So he was telling them, this is what I want you to do. You're worthy of your hire. You're going out and you're delivering what people need. So, you know, they should take care of you. They should, should support you. This is also uh, supported by Luke, the 10th chapter as well. You can go in Luke 10 and it says the same thing. It may say it a little different, but it's the same word. 
Let's look at 1 Corinthians 9. 1 Corinthians 9, verse 8 through 14. In 1 Corinthians 9, Paul began to um, let them know who he was. You know that he was called to be an apostle. He was a minister, basically, of the gospel. So it's like Paul had to start out letting them know who he was and how God had called him to be whom he was. And then he began to talk about in verse, um, I'm going to start with verse 8. It said, I do not say this by human authority from human experience according to man. So look at, look, look at what Paul was saying. He said, what I'm saying is not based upon man saying. He said, God's law also says the same thing. For it is written in the law of Moses, do not muzzle an ox when it is working in, treading, threshing the grain. When God said this, was he thinking only concerning about concerned about the ox? No. He was really surely talking about us for our benefit. Yes, that scripture was written for us because it goes on to say, the one who plows and the one who works in the grain threshes should hope to get some of the grain for their work. So what is Paul saying here in this scripture? He said, don't muzzle the ox that's doing what? Treading. Out the grain. Why? Because if you're going to stop the ox, the one that's going out there and doing the work, that don't make no sense, does it? You need that ox to get done what needs to be done. So Paul used that same Old Testament scripture. You remember how people say, there's no more tithing up under the law. There's no more tithing because it was up under the law. Why is Paul bringing this back up today? Why is Paul mentioning this in 1 Corinthians, the ninth chapter? Because this right here is dealing with what? They're up under covenant now, right? So Paul had revelation. He got his revelation from Jesus Christ. So Paul is telling them what the scriptures is saying. He said, basically, Jesus said, I didn't come to do away with the law. He said, I come to fulfill the law. So people is using that excuse to say, you don't have to pay tithes because you're no longer up under the law. You up under grace. And it's nowhere in the Bible that it says you should pay tithes. If you have the heart of God, there is no way that you can be in the house of God without giving because God is a giver. And he used that with his son for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have what everlasting life God was always giving he was giving love he gave a lot of things for us when we did not deserve it but when it comes to the kingdom we feel some of us feel as if we don't supposed to do nothing we come and get fed you get fed you get good food and some people say well that's what I should be getting I shouldn't have to pay you're not paying for me giving you this gospel you're giving because this gospel has to go all over the world and it takes money in order for this gospel to reach out to the nations it takes money for these lights to stay on the air for you to have chairs for you know in today's society you got to have insurance you got to have all of these things and how do you think it's going to come well i guess i'll just raise my hands and say god render the heavens and send down this money so they don't have to give nothing. That's how some people pray. Ignorant gone to see. Because if it was that simple, nobody would be working. 
If every time we can hold up our hands, because I'm going to get to another scripture to help you with that one too. So let's go to the next verse. In verse 11, it says, since if we planted, sold spiritual seed amongst you, is it too much if we should harvest material things from you, receive support for ministry? Now, this is Paul talking, right? He said, if we have sown spiritual seed among you, we should be getting some material things from you. If others have the right to get something from you, y'all hear about others? Others is Piggly Wiggly, Food Line, Verizon. Others is um, Independence Mall. Others is your car payment, your house payment. Others is everything outside of this. I had to break it down. Let me read that again. If others have the right to get something from you, even the tax people get your money. Surely we have this right too, or even more so, more so, but we do not use it, have not exercised this right. No, we put up with everything ourselves so that we will not keep anyone from believing. I put up a hindrance to the good news, the gospel of Christ. Surely, don't you know that those who work at the temple, here we go again, Old Testament, perform priestly temple services, get their food from the temple, and those who serve at the altar get part of what is offered at the altar. In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who tell the good news, proclaim, preach the gospel, should get their living from this work, the gospel. Now, how plain can that be? Now, I can say this. In King James, you know, when we read King James, this is why you have to break down what the word of God is saying. Because some people will miss it, and then some people will throw something in there that Paul is not even saying that he's getting from the Holy Spirit. The whole problem is, is with people's hearts. If people's hearts are not where they should be, people determine who should get what. They determine how much of what you should get. This is why when I, um, God called me into ministry, I didn't really try to make it my business to say this is what I want. You know what I did? And Jennifer, know this is truth. And I think Kathy was in there too. I didn't tell them what I wanted. What did I say? Let God hear your heart. Who does that? When it comes to money, how many of y'all going to tell your boss, let God hear your heart? Anybody? No, because they might just tell you, well, I just think you're getting 10 cents. You ain't going to do that. You're going to say, I'm worthy of more, and this is what I want, right? But see, when you totally depend on God for what you have, you ain't worrying about what they come up with. Guess why? Because God is going to fix it one way or the other, right? And see, even in ministry, it really wasn't left up to them. I could have had the final say-so, but that's not who I am, y'all. How many of y'all, if you're um, self-employed, do you wait on your people to tell you what you should get? Brother Mike? Do you wait on people to say, well, tell me how much you want me to charge you for that tire? Do you, do you wait on them to say, well, tell me how much you think is for me to fix this car? Do you wait on that? There you go. There you go. That's the truth. Yeah, and probably some of them Christian folks. The ones that say, oh, how I love Jesus. 
want to say, you know, the favor of the Lord is upon me. I know it's upon you. You want to give me a discount today, man? Christian people, this is what we do. We're thinking we're supposed to get everything like that. But when we're trusting God, when we walk into place, we, we say, God, you already got hearts turned towards me. You know what I, I can afford? God, you know what I need today? So I'm walking in confidence. God, whatever they say, here it is. That's how we're supposed to walk, y'all. But we always look for handouts. Why? Because that's part of our makeup. Gimme, gimme, my name is Jimmy. Who don't want a discount sometime? I don't know about you, but I want a discount. Especially when Belt got stuff on sale, I take the time to look then. What about you? Shoot, you, you look at them, them, and they ain't doing nothing but tricking you. They only giving you what they should have gave it to you the first time. It was already mine. You had to bring it down. Thank you. So, y'all, we really have to think about these things, right? So when we look at this scripture, this is what Paul is saying. Let's look at 1 Timothy 5, verse 17 through 18. 1 Timothy 5, verse 17 through 18. It says, the elders who lead the church well should receive double honor. Or both honor. Probably includes both respect and financial support. Now let me stop right there. The elders who lead the church well... The elders who lead the church well. The elders who lead the church well. See, that's the part we miss. Those who lead the church well. Those who rule. That means you got, sometimes you got pastors that's only after the money. Only thing they're looking at is how much come in. They ain't enough. Let's call it again. I remember we was in a church one time before and they asked me to minister. By the way, they didn't ask me to come back. But we were sitting there and they kept coming up there and saying, this ain't enough. Do you remember that Vanessa Newton? She told me, mm-hmm. Yeah. They count the money in front of us. We didn't quite meet our quota. We need to come again. Do you think the Lord God Almighty is going to sit there and let this, these people do his people like that? No. So, as the Lord led me, I got up and did what the Lord told me to do. I ain't been back there since. But what, the reason why is because they're twisting the scripture. They were only calling in folk to get money. Because they was trying to meet a goal. And I think it was another time we went somewhere and... Um, the Lord told me to uh, get a picture of a fish, some donuts, and some fried chicken. And he told me to have Harold to uh, laminate those three pictures. And I'm like, Lord, what in the world you want me to do with this? I'm going down here to preach. What am I going to do with this fish, this chicken, and this donut? So he didn't tell me. But when I got down there and I got ready to minister, God had me ministering about the fish, the donut, and the chicken. And saying how you don't have to have these benefits to collect from chicken, fish, and donuts to get your rent and to get all of these things. So I was obedient and showed the pictures, had everybody lining up. The pastor got up after I got through ministering, and she said, that was me. We just sold chicken. We just sold fish. And she wasn't going to mention the donuts. She was going to stop there. And then the little boy come out of there with a donut. She said, why did you come out of there with the donuts? She said, we even got donuts in the back that we're trying to sell. See how God does? He was a loving God. He was just letting them know, you don't do this to get something. If I have called you to something, 
He said, I'm going to support you for what I have called you to do. And guess what? We did it too. When we first started out in ministry, we fried us some chicken, had flour everywhere. We worked hard, y'all. And guess what? Had a thief amongst us and stole all our money. We were so mad. We sold them plates, flour, and everything everywhere, y'all. We thought we did a, a good work for the Lord. So after we got through that, the person stealing, we did get some money to put a little roof on. The first windstorm that came, it blew that off. I said, Lord, forgive me. I said, from now on, I'm going to trust you. And that's what we've been doing. God want our dependency so much to be upon him that we don't look at the amount. We look to him and whatever he says, that's what we do. Because if you're afraid to spend something because you're afraid you're not going to have nothing left, we're not dependent on God. You got to release these fists and just let it flow. When you release, God will bring it back to you. But you have to release what God has given you because it's better to give than it is to receive. But if we're holding on to the little we have, why, why do we hold on to stuff? We have a fear. We have a fear that if I don't have this, and don't get me um, wrong, we do need to have money. We do, y'all. We need to have money so if something do happen, the money is there. But let the Holy Spirit tell you how to build your savings. Let the Holy Spirit tell you how to pay your bills. Let him tell you what to give and how to give because you would always have in your house. I'm telling you, the more you give, you'll be receiving and you have to keep giving and giving and giving. Why? Because that's God's heart. God's heart is to give and you don't look at the person. People can dress nice. They can look like they got it together and somebody gave them what they have. That's the reason why they can dress nice. Do y'all remember I had... I was up here and I put another person up here with me and I asked y'all a question. I said, who would you give to to first? And y'all pointed to that other person. Y'all looked at that other person because I looked different from that other person. And that other person had more than I did and you didn't even know it. We don't do it by the spirit. We do it by the outer appearance. God looks at the heart. It don't matter if somebody got, I don't care how many cars. You don't know how they got them cars. You don't know what they're doing to maintain what they have. Whomever God tells you to bless, it is not up to you by looking at what they have on to not to bless them. You don't bless according to the outer. You bless looking at the heart. And you'll never go wrong. So then we look at in this in 1 Timothy 5, 17. It says in verse 18. It said, because the scripture says, here we go again with this ox. When an ox is working in the grain, do not cover its mouth to keep it from eating. Muzzle it. And a worker should be given his pay, deserves his wages, is worthy of his hire. Why was Paul going in these different churches? He go to the church of Corinth. Now he's talking to Timothy, which is a pastor. He's encouraging Timothy because he's a pastor. He's worthy. We shouldn't, he shouldn't be muzzled because if he's given out the word of God, then he should be taken in from even what he's given out. Not that the gospel, you get in charge for the gospel, but he's worthy of his hire. So Paul talked about this twice. First um, Corinthians 9, first Timothy 5. So here it is saying the same thing. Then we look at Galatians 6, 6. It says, 
Let him who receive instructions in the word of God share all good things with his teacher, contributing to his support. Now, let me explain this, and I want to break this down. If we have the fivefold ministry, and in the fivefold ministry, we know we have the apostle, we have the prophet, we have the evangelist, we have the pastor, we have the teacher, all fivefold, right? And we went over the fivefold and how they function in the body of Christ. Now, this is how the church is missing things too. Sometimes people will support an evangelist that come in the house more than they will support a pastor. Why? Because there's a problem. Because the elder, the pastor who's ruling well, who's there and in the midnight hours when you're calling them, who's um, making sure that you're getting the word, they're teaching you, they're there for you. They're going to be there for you all the time. We have some people sending to other ministries, giving more to other ministries than they're giving to their own ministry, but you can't fly out to those other ministries. If something happened in your house, they ain't going to fly out to you. They ain't going to give you nothing. Why do people do that? Because they don't think the pastor deserve it. They'd rather give it to somebody else because the excuse that they use is, well, I get more from television than I get from the house. That may be true. Then maybe you in the wrong house. If you seeing that that pastor or that teacher is not teaching like they supposed to, then no, you don't need to be supporting that kind of stuff. If you see that they're always trying to take money from you to gain from themselves, I wouldn't support that either. But if you see in someone with the heart of God that is always there to give you the word, that's always there for you, you know, uplifting you, not tearing you down, there shouldn't be a problem with giving. So we have to understand, too, a pastor carries the weight of a ministry. They're there all the time with that ministry. Me and my husband, we're just in full-time ministry. There ain't no other job. There ain't no another nothing. It's only Jesus. So we lay down our lives to make sure y'all get what y'all need. I said, God, I can't be a part-time preacher. And when I said that, I said it out of the love of God. Because when God told me to come off my job, in a way I said, I ain't losing too much where I'm at. Because <laughs> when you look at the benefits you got on that job, I'm like, well, God, okay. So God is so funny because when I come off the job, I went in with nothing, come out with nothing. So I wasn't losing nothing, <laughs> you know. So, But I gained through being obedient to him. And I don't know if I have witnesses in the house. And even if you don't say nothing, it don't make me know, never mind. Because we never ask y'all for anything. I don't think I ever knocked on your door and said, listen here. You're getting kind of slack up in here. Now, I'm tired of these dollar bills. We need to up it. No, we don't even do that. We don't do it. The only time I will look at tithes and offerings, if the Lord tell me, I want you to go look at the tithe. And even if I look at the tithe, it's because the Lord is telling me this is something that we need to teach on because people's hearts are not where they're supposed to be. I don't know what you make. I don't know what you bring in your heart, uh, in your house. That's not, I wouldn't dare ask you that. I remember somebody was telling me it was a ministry that would tell the um, congregation that they needed to see their check stubs. To be part of that ministry, you had to show them your check stub. And they bought the check stubs to them and they said, this is how much you're supposed to be giving to this ministry. And according to our reports, you're not giving that. Who does that? So my thing is, if...
If y'all want mine, I need yours. Y'all want to know my business, tell me yours. Come on, we can do it both ways. If y'all want to look in my house, let me look in yours. If everybody's so into what I have, let me see what you got. It's a shame. You can't wear new clothes without somebody saying, she wore that because we just blessed her. No, it was just hanging in my closet waiting on me to get something to match. People tell the truth. See, I, I already know what's behind the scenes. I remember I told somebody it was so funny, y'all. This is a funny story. Um, <laughs> the Lord had blessed us with a, um, another vehicle, and it was, Lord, have mercy, it was Jesus. Because what we do, we look around and we ask the Lord, you know, Lord, you have to show us what we need. So we saw that Acura um, online a long time ago. Now I said, Lord, that's just, just too much for that right there. I'm not going to pay that much. Listen at this. I'm not going to pay that much and didn't have no money anyway. <laughs> have y'all ever said that? Yeah. You ain't got no money for it anyway. I just ain't going to pay that much. Who you think you are? So I humbled myself. And you know how we keep looking and looking and say, I'm going to find the best deal ever. So I ran up on the deal and it said that I think they wanted, man, six, seven hundred for the vehicle. I said, that vehicle looked too good for that, but I'll take it. Hmm. It was a hoax, a hoax. Anyway, the Lord had me to go right back to that Acre. And I said, Father, I don't have the money for this. Me nor my husband, because if he got it, I don't know nothing about it. But if you want us to have this, because what was happening was... Ariel was up the road, and when it snowed up there, we didn't have a, a four-wheel drive to get to her. So we were saying, God, show us what you want us to do. Show us what you want us to have. God, you know, the blessings of the Lord makes you rich and has no sorrow to it. So the same acre that I saw over a month or two months was still online. I say, they forgot to take this down. So when I called the lady, she was a nice lady. She said, no. She said, the reason why it's still up there, she said, do you know people was asking me to sell that acre for me and give them some of the money? She said, no, I wouldn't do it. So when I met with the lady and we talked to her, the Lord told us what to offer her from that vehicle. So she said, come to the house and we'll talk about it. So her and her husband sat down with us and we talked about it and we got it for a good deal. And guess what? The money was there to pay for it. So what am I saying? When you trust God in your transactions, when you trust God with what your need is, God would always make a way. And it's so funny, dealing with the vehicle, um, it was gotten on my birthday. It was gotten on my birthday because my husband was letting me know he had something, you know, dealing with my birthday. And then the lady was born on February the 3rd, too. Everybody had something in common. In the room, and God had me to minister. Hmm? She was born February the 1st. God had me to minister not only to her, but to the lady that was doing the, the paperwork, at, and her husband was a lawyer. So everything was set up the right way. So, what am I telling you? When you honor God with what you have, God will change anybody's heart. But the funny part of that is, we didn't drive the vehicle. The vehicle stayed parked in our yard. Y'all know why I didn't drive the vehicle? And I'm going to tell you why I didn't drive the vehicle. I told my husband, I said, if I pull up in this, somebody going to clear out. I've been hiding money or doing something, and they're going to be so jealous. Because I felt it in my spirit. 
Then somebody mentioned to me they thought I had a visitor at my house. But then the Lord told me, he said, don't you be ashamed of nothing that I have blessed you with. You're going to have people that's going to be upset with you. I don't care what you get or what you don't get. They gonna, they, if, if they want to give, they're going to give. If they don't want to give, they ain't going to give. So don't you let your blessings that I'm giving you stop you from being who you are in me. And I'm telling y'all, we drive at every opportunity we get because it helps us <laughs> to pick up people. I remember my aunt called us one night, and we were hauling people around in it then. We was a taxi. <laughs> See, God know what people need. He knew we needed that to hold people around in, to help them out, to help their... God has a way, y'all, of working things out. Sometimes it's beyond our understanding. He said, if you be faithful over the little, he'll make you ruler over much. But this is where my heart really was, y'all. And I had mentioned this to somebody. I said, I don't want nobody to feel bad, to feel like, you know, they can't get. Or And somebody told me, What's wrong with you? I say, I'm looking at other people's hearts. But guess what God told me? He said, you're going to see where really their heart is by you showing up with what God has. And that's when they're going to know they need to be delivered. So we see in these scriptures that tell us what we should do, right? Here are the other three that I didn't give you. Second Thessalonians 3, verse 6 through 14. 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 6 through 14. I'm still reading out the expanded Bible. Brothers and sisters, by the authority in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we command you to stay away from any believer, brother or sister, who refuse to work or behaves irresponsibly, lives, walk in idleness or disorder, and does not follow the teaching we gave you, the tradition you have received from us. Let me explain this first, the reason why Paul is saying what he was saying. In the book of um, Thessalonians, what was happening was they thought Christ was soon to return. So some of them quit their jobs, sold their stuff, And they were walking around being idle, being busybodies. They were not working. And they were looking for handouts. So verse 7 says, For you yourself know that you should live as we live, follow our example, imitate us, because we were not lazy, idle, undisciplined when we were with you. And when we ate another person's food, bread, we always paid for it. We worked very hard with labor and toil, night and day, so we would not be an expense a financial burden to any of you. We had, it was not because we do not have the right to ask you to help us, but we work to take care of ourselves. So we would, in order to be an example for you to imitate. So what Paul was saying is not that um, they should not support him, but Paul was leading by example because he was seeing the other people being lazy, being idle, being busybodies. So Paul said, I'm going to lead by example. We're going to go on and we're going to work. We're going to work for our food. We're going to set the example. And this is why we come up with this. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule, command. Anyone who refuses is not willing to work should not eat. That's why Paul said that. Anyone who's around being idle, being a busybody, if you don't work, you don't eat. So Paul said, we were your example when you saw us working, not because we had to, because we should be 
uh, supported by you. But we led by example to say we got some busy bodies out here. We got some people that's out here in everybody else's affairs. So if they don't work, they don't eat. Y'all, this is happening in the body of Christ. We have some people thinking that they have a right for people to help them. That is not scripture. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. So Paul used himself as an example. He paid for his food. And then he go on to say, for, yet we hear that some people in your group refuse to work, behaving irresponsibly, are living, walking in idleness, disorder. They do nothing but busy themselves, meddle, interfere in other people's lives. We command those such people and beg urge, encourage, exalt them in the Lord Jesus Christ to work quietly or settle down and earn, eat their own food, bread. But you brothers and sisters never become tired of doing good. If some people do not obey what we tell you in this letter, then take note of them. Have nothing to do with them. Do not associate with them so they will feel ashamed or be shamed. This is what the Bible says. If you have people that are idle, busy bodies, bodies, and other people affairs, they're able to work, but they're not working. You should not be hanging around them. Christians, you should not be associating with them. Why? Because they become ashamed. This is how they know I'm out of order. And you got some people encouraging people that are not working. But this is not how it should be. So if we follow what the word of God is saying, then we can live amongst each other and what unity in peace because this is what the word says some people go around and expect people to give out to them because this is who I am this is who God called me to be but if God haven't called you to that then you need to do what you need to be doing amen so let's look at Philippians 4 verse 15 through 19 and I'm not going to read all of this because it breaks it down and it's long, but basically y'all know what this is leading to. Paul was over there in Philippi and he was thanking them for the support that they were given and how they supported him even when he was in Corinth, even when he was helping other ministries, they were sending support to Paul, not that they had um, money like that, but they knew what Paul was doing, whom Paul was representing, so they were giving money to Paul to further the gospel, to further the kingdom. And this is why Paul was letting them know that may God supply all of your needs. Why? Y'all, there are um, kingdom principles that we have to follow. If you are not giving how you expect it to be given back to you, that's a kingdom principle. That's a kingdom law. You cannot expect people to give you something or expect the heavens to open up for you when you're not obeying what the word of God says, if you're not giving, you can expect it to be given back to you because God's word say give and it shall be given. If you're not giving, you're not getting anything. Even though you're blessed, you still have to follow these spiritual laws because God have laws of the kingdom for us to live by. Just like in the natural world, do we not have laws that we have to live by? And if you do not follow those laws, guess what happened? You have repercussions due to what you did not follow. You don't pay your taxes on your car, what happens? If Yeah, if you don't pay your car insurance, if you don't pay 
your health insurance, everything has a repercussion. So what do we try to do, y'all? We try to make sure that we do everything that the world requires us to do because we know that if we don't do it, this is what's going to happen. But when it comes to God, some people want to be lazy. They want to be idle. They don't want to work. They don't want to give, but they want to get. That don't line up with, with the Bible. And some people have people thinking this is what they're supposed to do. And I'm reminded of this. Some people that are behind the pulpit, they try to be like the Pope. They feel like everybody's supposed to bow down to them. They feel like everybody's supposed to do this and that for them. But y'all, we're in it together. Every joint in this church supplies. We're in it together. So when we do things unto the Lord, everything is going to get done. We may have different departments in the church, different ministries in the church, but it make up one body. We're here to help each other. Just because special events is over the events, when they say what the need is, we're working together to fulfill that need. It ain't about what this one done or what that one did. We're doing it unto the Lord. And it's not about this ministry here and this ministry here, if I give to this ministry, then I can't give to this ministry. It's about doing what the Lord tells you to do. You give where you are fed. You do. If you ain't being fed over there, if they ain't helping you over there, why are you giving over there? Just to say I've done it, right? So we see that they help Paul. Because Paul, he was like an apostle. He was an evangelist. Paul was carrying all of these titles and he went in and out of places. So Paul had to have the money that was needed. But when he went into a place, and this is the scripture, the last scripture is 2 Corinthians 11, verse 8 through verse 9. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 8 through verse 9. He said, other churches I have robbed... (laughs) We're going to explain this in a minute. Sound like he's a thief. Other churches I have robbed by accepting more than their share of support for my ministry from them in order to serve you. And when I was with you and ran short financially, I did not burden any of you for what I like. Like was abundantly made up by the brethren who came from Macedonia. So I kept myself from being burdensome to you in any way and would continue to keep myself from being so. Why was Paul saying this? Because those over there in Corinth didn't think that Paul deserved the support. So Paul said, I robbed other churches, meaning that other churches supported um, me to help you. Isn't that the love of God? So that's what he called it. He said, I got from other churches to further the gospel and giving it to you. And this is what happens sometimes, y'all. And I don't know if y'all know I have done it. I have canceled, what, three or two um, pastor's appreciations? Just canceled them because I felt like me and my husband was a burden. It was like that was a a, um, thing in the church where most people were giving into other things except giving into that. And it got to be... Well, just cut that out. If that's such, if we're such a burden, just cut that out. When it got cut out, Sister Niece was hurt because nobody wasn't saying nothing. Some people wanted to do do stuff. So this is what I'm saying. When you feel like you're being a burden, just like Paul. Paul felt like he was being a burden based upon what they were saying and how they were acting. So other people end up supporting what Paul was doing in another church. To help Paul out. Y'all, that's something, isn't it? 
And it's happening right amongst us because we don't want to be a burden on anybody. And this is why things um, in this church, we change things. And the Lord was telling me, let's do it according to the heart. Let's do all things according to the heart. So you don't see a number nowhere. And the reason why, because God already know your heart and you already know your heart. In the book of Exodus, I remember when I was doing things in the temple, getting things together. These people were so willing. He said, I only want those with a willing heart. And when they were pouring into what um, God was doing through Moses, through this tabernacle, Moses had to stop the people because they were giving too much. What minister is going to stop a person? <laughs> bring it on, bring it on, more for me. No, he would just stop um, them from giving. And that's where me and my husband's heart is. is if the Lord lays somebody on my heart and I know they're having a tough time, I personally call them and say, look at here, don't be condemned. Don't let the devil condemn you. It's all right. It's all right. If you ain't got there yet, you okay. We ain't going to look at you any differently. This is where our hearts are. Sometimes I'll tell sister, I don't feel right about that. We, we're going to do this right here with this person. Because that's where my heart is. That's where his heart is. Who does that? Some people say, I don't care what you got to pay. Now you made a commitment. Bring it on. That's not the love of God. We're here to help one another to do what God has called us to do. Amen. And that's what we want to do here at Miracle Temple. And this is why you're getting all of this teaching to let you know what the word of God has to say. And once I give this to you, then guess what? It's up to you. You can't say that you did not know. You can't say that you were not taught. Just say it went in one ear and went out the other because I did not want to hear it. That's just point blank. So this is um, dealing with the tides, and we're going to go a little bit deeper um, next Tuesday, if the Lord's willing. And we're going to give you more scriptures dealing with um, paying your tithes. But y'all, it's a heart thing. If anybody is trying to get up and trying to tell you you got to pay this amount to get this from God, no, 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 no. See, that's when, that's the law. We're up under grace, and grace they give from the heart. Whatever your heart is saying, that's what you do. And I'm going to tell you, if your heart is right with the Lord, you ain't going to have a problem giving even when you don't have it to give. You giving because you trust in God. One lady had told us, um, y'all may remember this testimony, say she went out to eat. And when she went out to eat, she didn't have any money. But God told her to go ahead and eat. And that's what she did. She said after she got <laughs> through eating, it was on then. She said her food was paid for. Why? Because God told her to do it. So whatever God tell you to do, guess what? He got your back. But quit using God when you writing a check and you know it's going to bounce and you saying God told you to do it. Don't do that. If God tell you to write that check, write it. Because guess what? God got that money in there. God has already made a way. That's why we have to spend time with God to hear what God want us to do and not what we think we need to do. Let's learn to wait on him even in transactions to say, God, you know what I have. You know what I have and what I don't have. So, God, I'm putting this in your hands. So show me what to do with what I have because, God, I want to be pleasing unto you. I want people to see your glory through this. Amen? We're going to take just a few minutes, and I need at least three people to come up, please. Brother Mike, I can't use you. 
But I will use you at the end, though. You keep that in mind. Three people. Jennifer, go and sit down. Jennifer, always be the first one. Now, come on, y'all. I can't use you either. Not right now. Miracle temples. Brother Mike, I'm not going to beg Miracle Temple. Come on up here and tell me what you have learned so far. Let me give you the mic. And then I'll have this lovely woman to come up here. It was really an aha moment when you said it was an aha moment for you. And the Lord just passed it from you to us about Jesus having a bag, right? Why did he have it? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's really profound and duh. (laughs) <laughs> at the same time. It's like a force, but whoever thought of that, I really thank the Lord for uh, cementing the fact that he, uh, Jesus, served as freely, but people gave back to him. You know, He, he trusted the Lord, but people gave back to him. Amen. He wasn't just doing this. He wasn't doing this either. Just drop it out of heaven. Mm-hmm. You know? And he Amen. was the perfect example. Amen. You can give it to the lovely lady that was about to come up here. Well, one of the things I learned from it was um, I have struggled about tithing and offerings. And um, the way you showed it in the New Testament, that it's not the old law, it's the new saying of the old law. Mm-hmm. Even though we're not under the old law, we're under God's grace, he's still reminding us. Mm-hmm. In the new way, that this is why the Old Testament has to be a part of the Bible so that we can understand the New Testament. Amen. So when God, before Jesus came, and it was all law. Amen. And everybody knew that, like when um, they all had to go to the certain town to get paid their taxes and stuff, mm-hmm. whether they had anything or they went to church they always had to give their best the the, mm-hmm. the um the cleanest of the clean the, mm-hmm. the firstborn mm-hmm. of the land the, all of that but the way you put it it wasn't that they were giving it it was god had provided it mm-hmm. so it was there already Amen. before they even got ready to to need Amen. to say here, Lord, I'm trusting in you, and here Amen. it is. Amen. Yeah. Praise Jesus. I like how you brought that out. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Um, forgive me, Calvin's sister. I'll mess up your name. Tell me your name. Tiffany, Tiffany come on up here. I know you want to come. Uh, well, mine is short and concise. I learned that the law says give a certain amount, but the love of Christ says give from the heart. And to trust him throughout the process. Amen. Amen. How simple is that? Anyone else? Come on out, Shirley. Yes, you can. And you know, to just add to that, we know we're not under the law, we're under grace. But under the law, we do have rules that we do follow. But now that we're under grace, our spiritual rule, you know, Jesus 
getting on the subject of Jesus being a giver, he was a giver, and he gave, God gave his son, his son gave his life, and that was the best sacrifice that anybody could ever give was their life. So when he gave his life, in that he shed his blood, everything that we needed was provided. Amen. It's just up to us to get in, the, get in his will and receive what he's already done. And you know, um, when you say 10%, it's really not 10% anymore. Because when you love the Lord and you in it and you really mean what you're doing and you're trying to do the right thing, it's not really 10% anymore. You can go way over 10% as he leads you because you know what needs to be done. And like she said, it's lights that need to be paid, light bill, and it could be a mortgage bill. It could be anything that the church has to pay. So don't really say, well, I'm just going to pay my 10%. If you can pay more and God is leading you to do that, do it. You know, because the enemy is not going to tell us to pay more. It's, you're not going to ever hear that from him. So when you can pay more, pay more. When he put, when you accept him in your heart, and he's nothing but love, you can't make nothing out of him but love. And when you see a need, if you can pay it, we have to pay it. And it will probably be and could be way over the 10% if he leads us to do it. And that's just the way that I perceive it insofar as supporting the church you know, we come here, this is where we get fed. And I personally feel, I personally feel that if anybody come in the church anywhere and they're getting fed real good and you know you've got some money in your pocket and you can't help support that ministry, you must not be receiving what you're hearing. Because when you're receiving it, you're going to act. You're going to act when you receive what you're hearing and you believe what you're hearing and it's lining up with the word of God. Now, if it's not lining up with God's word, you may not do nothing. You may not even come back. But if it moves you in your spirit, can identify with what that word is saying, you're going to do something. You can't sit there and not do nothing. I mean, if you can, to me, that's more than a hardened heart. That's just the way Amen. I feel about it. And it's not the amount that you give all the time. It's giving it from the heart if you don't have but two nickels to rub together. If that's all you got and you give it. You know, God knows your heart, and he'll provide everything that, that we need. And, you know, I um, had a little accident um, with my car, and it wasn't really much wrong with the car. It was just drove in some paint that needed to be painted on the side. And so they said, well, get us two estimates of the, of the um, damage to it. So we sent the two estimates in, and it really wasn't much damage at all. But it was time consuming trying to get that paint off. So the two estimates we sent in, and um, I have never known an insurance company to give you, they always go for the Lord's estimate, you know, and give you the Lord's estimate. But I have made up in my mind, I'm going to pay my tithes because it's right to do that. And when I can do more, I do more. He knew my heart, and I want you to know, they sent me a check for both estimates way over what I needed. Now you know that was God. When the insurance company gets send you both estimates, they don't do that. I've never known them to do that. You guys, they send you one. They sent me two. I said, God, that's just like you. Thank you. Thank you. That's him. 
making a way when it seems like Amen. it ain't no way. Amen. You know, so I know God is good and I know God is real. And I tell you, we have to learn to trust him day by day for everything we need and know that when you bless this ministry or do the best you can, you know, God knows what you got. You know, pastor may not know what you have in your pocket, but God knows. He knows what I have. You know, you may think this or that, but he knows. And once you do the best you can with what you have, God will fix the rest. Amen. He will. He will fix the rest. And I'm going to tell you, I've been off my job for, what, four years now. I've never seen a broke day. And I don't expect to. Because when you do the right thing, and God knows when you're doing the right thing, he's not going to let you go like it. There will never be any. And I always pray when I pray for our pastor, which is my niece. Lord, everything that she needs. I know that you're going to supply, that there would be no lack in her house. I pray that for her all the time, you know. And I know that God is opening doors for her. And I don't care who come and who go. She would, she in her household would never lack in any area because she's walking the walk that she's talking. She's not just teaching to get money. I'm telling you what I know. She lives what she teach. I've been knowing her all her life. And that's who she is. What you hear is who she is. And if she have no money, you don't know it. And if she have, I don't know how much money, you, you just don't know nothing. But you will know this. She will not ask you for nothing. She depends on him. And I thank God for her because I know she's living the life she preached. And I, I know she is. And I know that we trust in the Lord and we give out of love. We will not lose anything. Amen. I've learned that. Amen. I need to tell Miracle Temple, don't leave. Miracle Temple. Don't leave because I need to share something with you to take a few minutes. And my husband got something to say, but the Holy Spirit was sharing this with me, y'all. You know how men, you may have done it. I don't know. You probably don't do it now. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody told me how they went in a script club. And they were stingy. They don't like giving you no money. But when that girl started shaking it the right way, they come up with some dollars. Now, why is it <laughs> people get in script clubs, that girl working the pole, <laughs> truth, and people giving the money, and then come to church, I ain't got nothing, because you done gave it to the scripper. Come on, let's think about a church, folks. People give it to the world that way, but when it comes to giving to God, it's always, I ain't got it, or you're always hollering for money. But this gentleman told me, we come up with some dollars because they wanted the girl to keep doing what she was doing. <laughs> Y'all throw all on Jennifer. Ain't no pole going up in this church. <laughs> Can the deacons come on up My husband, after my husband? And Miracle Temple don't go nowhere. I need to tell you something. I just want to share something about tithes. You know, me and my wife, we take tithes seriously. You know, what God gave us. You know, people give us, we give it back to God. And the other day, she had gave me some money to, to go to the store. So when I came back, I put the change on the dresser. And I left there, thought she knew it was her change. And I also keep tie money on the same dress, but I put it in a particular place in the corner. You know, and I know what's tied, what's not. So the money later, a couple of days, she started fussing me. I'll tell you about leaving money leave around this house. I said, that's your money. Yes, I said, yeah, for another day. I said, it ain't tie money? I said, no, it's not tie money. My tie money's over here. So you sure? I said, yeah, I'm sure. So when me and Eric going to something to eat, he said, Lord, if this time money, please forgive us for spending this money. 
But I knew it wasn't. But she wanted to make sure, you know, that it was. But I knew it wasn't time money, but she has to go to give her for spending it. But, uh, <laughs> Come on, Brother Willie. He's running, he's leaping, he's jumping for joy. He's Michael Joy. You better than Mike. All right, Willie. 